What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, Director Showdown. We're on uh, episode four. And episode four, we made it. Yep, all the way. To- <laughs> if we didn't make it to episode four, like that, that'd be a bigger issue. That would I be think. a huge issue. If like after three, we're like, guys, oh, hey guys, you know what? That's a wrap. I think for the Director Showdown. I think we're gonna have to. We have a verdict. We already know who won. <laughs> we're calling it after three, three and done. Um, yeah. It's your buddy Brent here. How's it going, guys? It's it's Adam. <laughs> Back at it again. Always being an asshole. Can't help it. <laughs> yeah, so this week we checked out the 2008 Rife and Flick, uh, Bronson, starring Bronson, yeah. in a fucking, I, I think I can say this pretentious phrase, uh, powerhouse performance Roll by of a lifetime. Uh, Tom Hardy, or I guess I should say Tom Softy. But we'll get into that in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> I was about to spit out my beer, like as he said that, Tom, because it just like it just like clicked in my head, yeah, like yeah. what you meant by that. Well, there's, I mean, I guess we should say there's two stars of this movie. <laughs> there's Tom, and then there's Hardy. There's, Hardy. And, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Bronson, the 2008 movie, loosely based on the life of. Fuck, what's his actual name? Peter. Mickey something. Oh, what, Peter, what the fuck? Peterson. I mean, I'm oh, gonna... Mickey, Michael Peterson. Yes. I knew that was a factor in his name at some point. And uh, Char- Charles Bronson was the uh, fighting name he, yeah, he gave himself. Yeah, the moniker that he, that he kind of gave himself after a while, his alter ego. Mm-hmm. Self, you know what's funny is that I don't... Do you think he actually has seen Death Wish? Like the actual guy? The thing is, so... <laughs> I, I can't honestly speak for the... Um, for Charlie Bronson or Michael Peterson, the, actual dude, yeah. the the real guy, I can't speak for that guy, and let that just be like a preface to a this preface podcast. to this podcast because like we're talking about the character in the movie, which we'll get into, but is apparently a pretty fucking accurate like portrayal. Mm. But the thing about the thing about him is I can't imagine him sitting down to watch a movie. <laughs> Like I can't picture Bronson things. In yeah, general. like yeah. he seems like the most ADHD, like uh, energetic, like like that. He can't. I feel like he he wouldn't be able to sit still for more than like ten minutes tops, maybe. Unless he's like I don't know doing push-ups or something. Yeah, yeah, and even then he's like exerting himself and. Um, but yeah, I mean Bronson. By Rifen, 2008 movie. 2008, one of his earlier yeah. ones. Yeah, I think this one came, was it before or after Valhalla Rising? Um, but mm-hmm. he, 
you could really see you haven't you haven't seen um uh the pusher the pusher film Mm. um pusher and bronson had very similar um cinematography Mm. it was kind of like this kind of dark um dark lighting and uh overhead lighting Mm -hmm. you know and pusher like the beginning of pusher had each character and had this like very hard light above their heads Uh and created this like kind of creepy silhouette on them. And the same thing was like kind of heavily utilized in Bronson. You just see, you just saw a lot of that for sure. You know, especially when he was um, doing his little narration slash monologues at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, let's, which is a signature move. I guess I shouldn't, (laughs) I should say. Well, yeah. I mean, we can talk about that because this movie, well, before, should we, should we we just, uh, do a plot? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Our buddies. Oh man. There's, you know, there's only two. Yeah. We're, we're, we're back at our, uh, signature, uh, Mm -hmm. patent pending. No, actual patent. Uh, IMDb plot summary. There's who, only who two, we got this time. We, there's only two here on IMDb. And it doesn't King, surprise me actually. But the most interesting part about this is that they're both written by Anonymous, the internet um, superhero oh, group. Interesting. That wears Guy Fox mask. <laughs> yeah. And they're big fans of Bronson apparently. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. they because Anonymous had written two. Pop is is the little here. Guy Fox mask like next to Anonymous's profile you know, picture? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly wish that just means IMDb is just su- suppressing this um, very amazing group yeah. of superheroes. Yep. And here's to you, Anonymous. Don't hack me, please. I'm sorry. <laughs> we love you. We're your biggest I'm fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What the? What? Anon? I'm gonna go with the. Us. I'm gonna go with the shorter one. Yeah. Because I like the concise ones. Um, a young man who was sentenced to seven years in prison for robbing a post office ends up spending three decades in solitary confinement. During this time, his own personality is supplanted by his alter ego, Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Oh, man. Real short and sweet. Real, I was, was going to say, yeah. too, is that that really um, goes to show how... Okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. That is a very explicit summary. Mm. And it's very like cut and dry. Like this is what happened in this movie. And then when you watch the movie, it's more about getting into this guy's headspace and less about the actual like black and white nitty gritty of what happened. Cause like that, like they, you can read about, and I don't think Rifen is super interested in that stuff. Like he's more interested in like the character. Yeah. The care. It's a character study film yeah sure. yeah of, I mean, it's literally uh, called bronson. bronson for a reason yeah <laughs> and like he's in like every shot of the movie like mm-hmm. there's no secondary characters when you look up i found this interesting actually when you look up the movie just about anywhere um the only cast listed is tom hardy really yeah like everybody it says with everybody else like they're just like these tertiary like they're like every everything and i can't think actually off the top of my head about another movie that is so focused in on just one person and like literally doesn't care about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't, I can't think of another movie. Like there are movies that are, uh, like, I mean, bio, like biographical kind of 
film. Is that what you're referencing? Not not even. I was going to say movies that are um, location locked, like movies like Buried or um, 20, 127 Hours or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those are the only other movies, but this is, like, not like that at all. Like, this movie is very... The scope of it is pretty big. Like, it's mm. going over a long period of time, many different prisons and locations. Uh, but it's it, like, stays so focused in on Bronson. Well, I mean, same could be said about kind of um, Clockwork Orange. Like, just Alex DeLarge is really the only person that was... Yeah. And, I mean, I say Clockwork Orange, not as a random um, reference here, yeah. but as a obvious um, influence for yes. this film. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. And I don't even know if we've talked about this before, but like, I think that's why, and this is a, a really interesting, just in, just in tying back to last season and how I said, like, I love 2001. It's probably my favorite of his, but Clockwork Orange has, for some reason, always held like a special place for me. For sure. And this movie, I think it's, and I'll say this, it's, uh, but after Drive, fuck, it's really difficult. But this is probably at least my second favorite Rifen movie mm-hmm. because of how much it feels and even looks at certain times like Clockwork Orange mm-hmm. and how. I, I don't know, like, what is it that makes it... Because it's, like, immediately... is I think it's the music cues. It's the it's the classical music that he edits it you with. You mean the style that Refn is yeah. so good at doing. Exactly, yeah. It, yeah, it because feels like, like a Kubrick movie. Yeah, Refn's just... Like, this is his early, kind of early stages of his voice. Like, his vision, kind of, like, his style. But you could see how, like, Bronson is kind of the proto proto um rifen like it's not quite mm-hmm. to where we see rifen now because with films like drive i think drive was obviously like his um his peak of finding what uh his style and voices through film yeah and then you get into only god forgives and the neon demon which is kind of the repetition of that sort of style, you mm-hmm. know, and Bronson is not exactly um, similar in similar like the Neon Demon and Only God Forgives and Drive. You could yeah. see it, it's but like Drive and Neon Demon and Only God Forgives are very refined in what that tone is. This kind of hyper stylized, yeah. cool kind of vibe to it. That's and uber symmetry. Yeah you know, and wonderful cinematography and, and with Bronson, it's kind of like, you see all that, but not as you see the early stages yeah, of it. So that's why I say pro. It's like, it's all, it's all, yeah. yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I don't know if I've ever thought about it like that, how this mm. is like, you see the, you see who Rifen is like percolating up through like the Kubrick influence cracks. Right. He's trying to find like, yeah. what's his voice. Yeah. Because th- this movie Man, I don't like if you told me when I was uh, older, I wouldn't have believed it. But if you told me (laughs) when I was like maybe 16 or 17, kind of just getting into like good movies and good film and stuff Mm -hmm. that that Kubrick directed this movie, I probably could have believed you like I could have believed you because it feels very similar. And um, because like the classical score and the the way it's filmed and i i even put down like in the notes like this movie is so fucking kubrick and like especially with like the first 
flashback at the beginning of the movie where it's like his kind of origin story or whatever when he was a kid. Um, I don't know the song offhand, but I know that it's from a Kubrick movie. Right. It's a classical song that I was like, oh, this is 100% from, I don't think Clockwork Orange, but fuck, dude, I know Somewhere. I've heard it in a, <laughs> yeah, I know I've heard it in a Kubrick movie. Um, but yeah, see, um, uh, Valhalla Rising, which we're not going to watch this season, actually came out a year after Bronze in 2009. And... Ooh. I could say that Val, because I've seen Valhalla Rising mm-hmm. fairly recently, like maybe six months ago or something. Yeah. And that one is a little bit more stylized than um, Bronson. From I don't know. What? Actually, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. Yeah. I think that it's kind of a little bit more refined. More than like unique, maybe, or more his like idiosyncratic than. Yeah, just like you a could Kubrick tell thing. that Valhalla Rising was definitely like. Right before Drive, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what I was thinking of, too, watching this again, is that how in the Drive episode we talked about how, like, the really interesting mix between, like, those art house French New Wave influences, right. but with, like, the gruesome, um, like, horror, like, beat, like, uh, what do you call those movies? Just like B movie horror, like horror. violent, like uh, horror movies, uh, kind of all, like coming together, and I think it does a lot better in Drive. But I can also see that in this because it's a very stylish, like the camera is like so beautifully placed in this movie mm. almost all the time, and like there's these beautiful shot compositions. But at the core of the movie, it's all about this guy who just wants to like beat the shit out of people, and yeah, he does. That's all. Yeah, and so mm. I thought that was a really interesting, um, I don't know, thing that that I, I could see that he refined it more in Drive, mm. and it's like it's even more art house and more brutal than in this. But like you can at least see the origin of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. So. It's so it's kind of like his signature moves, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty cool. That's that you a backdoor up. transition into the signature moves. Well, you know, just, yeah, yeah. So okay. like, I thought it was pretty cool that you brought up the whole French New Wave and uh, the uh, B horror film because mm-hmm. it's kind of like that's just it seems like what Rifen is. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like. Since what I brought up that last podcast was that um, Rifen had had been a uh, he was, his parents were French New Wave like uh, mm-hmm. fanatics, and as an act of rebellion, um, Rifen decided I want fucking American <laughs> horror stuff. Yeah, and you could see that his parents were also photographers, and Rifen was a photographer or. I guess technically is still, but mm-hmm. um, you'd see like this beautiful photography. Yeah. Cinematography. And then mixed with like, like extreme amounts of gore and violence. Mm-hmm. Not, not in Bronson particularly, but violence, but super violence. Yeah. Yeah. Violence. And even I, I wrote down just uh chaos and put an asterisk next to it. Cause I guess, I guess that's talking more about, the character of Bronson, but like he's a guy who just thrives off of chaos mm-hmm. and uh, power in a sense too. 
But I'd say that's more what he's going for in this other than because um, uh, not Charlie Brown. Well, yeah, Charlie Bronson, whatever. We're just going to call him Bronson. Bronson, <laughs> Bronson never killed anybody. Yeah. Like the whole like in his whole life, he never killed anybody. But like he beat the shit out of so many people. And so it ju- it just doesn't you know, lead itself to making like a horror thing that's like super gory. For sure. And there's yeah. still like some really like, like, dude, that last fucking shot of him oh, basically yeah, is shot. so like, it's like, what the fuck? Like horror movie is this from? Like when he's in that cage, like that solitary cage naked. Yeah. It's like, it's haunting, dude. There's I no, forgot about that. There's no way that was real, but yeah. it's still, cause yeah. like pretty much what happens is that, uh, Tom Hardy is in a cage where he's just forced to stand up and lighting's like blood red mm-hmm. and, and his face is all fucked up. Into a pulp. And did you notice how his yeah, chin, chin. Yeah, was, was like coming off and getting yeah. stuck on the gate? And I was like, that's <sighs> fucking gross. Yeah, yeah. God damn. Disturbing. So, I mean, it's all there, dude. Like, it's all that version of Rifen, like, mm. is in this movie. It's just... Same with the stripper. The stripper was in there. Oh, the man. blue lighting. The music. The, the thing music. is, like, he's a really interesting director to kind of track his trajectory because, mm. um, and I, I really only noticed it. Like, I watched Bronson again, like, a couple of months ago, but I, even really just this time because we watched Drive and we talked about it and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just really interesting to be able to track kind of his... Um, you know, trajectory as a fucking <laughs> director. Um, I know. Sorry, yeah. we were getting distracted by a cute, adorable cute Wendy, the cat. cat. And she's walking right. around saying, I want to be on the podcast, too. <laughs> I like one of them beers. I want. I like Rifen, and I like Winkler. <laughs> I like Drive. He's a good boy. Hey, Wendy, what's your favorite Rifen movie? What's your favorite Linklater movie? Oh, cool. Linklater's wow. a better director. I don't know, guys. You heard her. You heard what that she said. That was Dennis talking. Oh, you're right. Dennis, Dennis shut, shut the, the fuck up. Yeah, but you want to... What's up? I oh, guess, yeah. Yeah, we'll just finish up signature moves and whatnot, you know? Um, one thing I pointed out was that Rifen's oh. a fucking hand yep. fetishist. Yep. Like, again, you see this um, with uh, a lot of emphasis on... Bronson's fist. You could hear the cracking in um in his fist when he would tense them up. And the also the signature um kind of the the gun the gun uh motion of the hand, mm-hmm. you know, with your index finger on your thumb up. Like that was in drive, like the same thing. It's kind of this power kind of uh mannerism. Like yeah. cuz when you point at someone it's considered rude. But when you're doing it, it's like you're kind of, you don't give a shit and you're taking control of the situation, you know, and that you're the one in power and I don't give a shit about these sort of um, social uh, normal normalcies, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, there's something, about, I guess, Rifen, I mean, Tarantino's a foot guy and I guess Rifen's a hand guy. Yeah, you know it's definitely I mean? apparent after after seeing this movie and I'm really interested to go into the other ones, just knowing like where the fucking hands at, yeah, where those what hands. hand shit's going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I mean, beyond the thing is, it's very broad to say like the Kubrick influence, but 
the scene in the Looney Bin when they first introduce it and it's going from left to right. Oh, the tracking, yeah. The tracking shot mm. from like left to right to like see the layout of a room and like all the little like things going on in the room. Mm. That that is definitely to me a Rifen. Well, yeah, yeah, Kubrickian. Because it's, I mean, it's 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 inspired by Kubrick, but I also noticed it in Drive Two, like when they're introducing. Um, Who's Brian Cranston's character in the garage? Oh yeah, it's left to right, yeah. and it's tracking, and that's that's something that I think he does a lot, and it's a really well because like The Shining does that, and yeah, like I think um, Rifen's just heavily influenced by Kubrick. Mm-hmm. It's just too obvious, like yeah. all the symmetrical shots and the tracking. Um, it's. It's hard. It's hard to not keep thinking of Kubrick when you watch a Rifen film. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the thing is, this one more than all the other ones, and I think maybe, I guess so, right? This was yeah. one of the earlier ones of his that I saw. I think I saw this. Oh man, did I see this before Drive? Mm-hmm. No, uh, maybe. I don't know. But the the thing that clicked with me when I saw this is that I had recently seen Clockwork Orange, yeah. and I was like, man, I just love this style of movie. That's so brutal, and it's about these these characters that are like really damaged and interesting, and um, I don't know. That's what I loved about it. As far as I mean, other signature moves. Let me think here. Not the silent protagonist, that's for sure. Not in this one. Yeah, uh, I guess because this one was actually based. Like, loosely based on a true story. Mm -hmm. The thing is, without this movie, at least out of the Rifen movies I've seen, Mm. I would, man, I would really think that he's, like, a one-note fucking director, honestly. Because, like, those other movies are so quiet, and I wouldn't think that was a bad thing, but what I love about this movie is that he can do... Like, he can capture, like, really eccentric, crazy performances, I guess. Right. Because, like, Tom Hardy in this movie is, like, one of my favorite performances in a movie. Absolutely. Honestly. Yeah, he was like, amazing. Like, it's amazing. Um, but, I don't know. Do you have any other sig, sig moves? moves? Maybe just, like, on the spectacle of violence, that commentary. It just seems like Rifen just loves to see... Um, violent things and it was interesting that this film is really about the spectacle of violence mm-hmm. because of how Bronson was on a stage and yeah. showing off his uh, his accomplishments and putting on a play <laughs> or whatever yeah. you know what I mean like it was a form of entertainment to the audience. Yeah. And it kept showing the audience. It kept going back and forth between Bronson and the audience. So mm-hmm. it was, it was interesting to think that this was commentary on how people can't get enough of violence and mm-hmm. seeing it. And also just thinking about Rifen's career in general. Like he's just, he loves this shit. You know, yeah. I mean, I I'm glad you brought up that kind of the audience scene and him talking to the audience because I I was thinking about something else and this is like really not fully formed at all. But it was just really like I I loved that the way that I took it is Bronson talking to the audience was him 
him trying to like control the image people have of him. Mm-hmm. And so basically being like, like him telling the story because he, he really reacts to how people are reacting to his story. And like, um, I guess we assume that they're like watching the movie. We are, it kind I, of I seems guess, like, yeah, I don't yeah. like, um, but I just love that how he's like this, like controlling, like narrator that's up there. Like, like I'm going to be famous. And I want you to, uh, see me how I see me basically right. is how I took it. I just thought that was really cool. Any, yeah, like anytime a fucking movie like cuts to like an audience, I'm like, oh, oh here we go. Yeah, it's, this is gonna be yeah, they're yeah. gonna be on some next level shit here. Yep. I think <laughs> you better listen up on what you're into as an as a person watching. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we're talking about you, motherfucker. <laughs> just like Wolf of Wall Street, that's great, yep. great film. Oh, that's right. Yep. Um, so do you got any, uh, trivia for us, Brent Carroll? Uh, I sure do. So there's some (laughs) really interesting. So I looked up what you were looking at. Yeah. During the movie. And that is covered a lot. Uh, feel free to, I mean, by all means jump in at any point, but, um, this was one of the ones I saw in there. Um, Rifen was not allowed to meet Charlie Bronson in person since he is not from Britain, which, uh, interesting rule there yeah i guess Um, (laughs) but was allowed to have two phone calls with him tom hardy met with bronson several times and the two became good friends (laughs) bronson was impressed with how hardy managed to get just as muscular as he was and how well he could mimic his own personality and voice bronson has stated he believes hardy was the only one person who could play him wow which i kind of agree with and that actually ties into another interesting thing is that jason statham was originally asked to play Charles Bronson, but scheduling conflicts prevented him from doing so. I could see Jason Statham doing it too, though. I mean, I, I'm yeah. not saying that that he would have been better. I'm just in, saying I could yeah. see that in a, in a world, yeah, in a world where we have no knowledge of how fucking good Tom Hardy was in yeah. this. I could see that, but the right. thing is, like. Wh- I don't know. I don't know. Well, because like Tom Hardy's real. He's a he's a real beefy boy in this movie. He's a beefy boy. And I guess I guess I'm Tom. I mean Tom Statham. Jason Statham is like pretty big too. Yeah. But I'm just thinking of like the physical and like picturing Jason Statham with a mustache kind of makes me want to die a little bit. That Why? seems weird. I don't know. Like the idea of <laughs> the Jason thing is, Statham. Like, you with have a mustache. a, you have a preconceived notion of what Jason Statham is supposed to be. Based he's the on... one putting that out there, man. He looks the same. Well, in all what his if movies. he had done this and he his career could have taken a totally different path? You that's know fair. I mean? Well, and then the movie that he was in that he had hair that's apparently great, but I've never seen. That he like, had earlier. hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what it was called. It was like Bullet or Hamlet. Revolver. Ham hair. Yeah, it was Revolver. That was it. I think. Is that it? Yeah. No, Ritchie it was film? Ham hair. I think. <laughs> no, oh, it was Revolver. It was Revolver. The only person laughing at that is Dennis over there. Yeah. Well, he's my biggest fan, that little guy. That hey, little... hey, that's a funny joke. Then, Thanks, Brent. Dennis. You, you, didn't have so to, you didn't have to steal Adam's mic. to. You don't have to keep doing that. We'll Dennis, sit I told you to fuck off. Just go sit down. All right. You little beautiful, I'm, you little beautiful I'm sorry. blonde dwarven boy that's uh, 16. Later, can, we, can we hang out later, Brett, when this is all done? Dennis... I told you you can't come back to my house. All right, we talked. About yeah, this. but I'm, I love Lincoln. We say we talk about later. Dennis, you keep shit in my garden. 
Get the fuck, Dennis. Okay, I'll, I'll catch you later after the podcast. Okay. Bronson is occasionally seen wearing a small pair of shades. Uh, these are not an accessory. This is pretty crazy. According to the real life Bronson, his yeah. ears in poorly lit solitary units damaged his eyesight so bad that he required darkened lenses just to read. Really? So that's crazy. They must Wait. really be pumping up the lights in there. He needed dark lenses to read? Yeah, because his eyesight was was damaged by By all the punching lights. and shit. Well, <laughs> That's weird that... No, no, I've oh, I'm sorry. Heard, wait, wait, wait. This I've is... Never... Yeah, this is strange. According to the real life... His years in poorly lit solitary units oh, damaged his eyesight. Okay. Oh, so things were too bright, basically. So that's why he saying. needed those shades. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a true state. Um, uh-huh. uh, oh, Charlie, Charles Bronson shaved off his mustache... And sent it to yeah, Tom that's Hardy. Fucking yeah. fascinating. So that it could be made into a loose mustache for Hardy to wear. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bonkers. Well, I guess he just wanted a piece of him in the film. I guess quite so. literally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this is pretty good. This is like kind of on a macro trivia scale here. Charles Bronson was not allowed to see the film. Uh, but said that if his mother liked it, that would be enough for him. According to Rife and his mother loved it. In 2011, Bronson was finally allowed to see the film and called it theatrical, creative, and brilliant. Wow. Which is like, it's so That's interesting. So fascinating. Like, where's the, where's the scene? I, oh, dude, that would have been amazing. If there was like a scene maybe after the credits or at the very end of the movie mm. where it's like, it's Bronson, it's Tom Hardy as Bronson watching the movie Bronson <laughs> and then him being like, and then like have his big old smile and then go back to serious really quick. Oh yeah. Oh you know? man. <laughs> That'd have been great. I don't know. That's, that's uh, about all the that trivia goes I to could show find, you. But... That goes to show you like how actually insane this person is really like to see that film and then somehow like take a positive, um, mm-hmm. take away from that character. <laughs> To see yourself and like, oh yeah, that's great. Fuck yeah, that's me. That's, that's me. me. Okay. Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it, Tom. Yeah, and, that um, is pretty nuts. <laughs> well, his name is now uh, Charles Salvador. He changed it. I was one. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I guess he's an artist, man, and he loves Salvador Dali. So it's like that's really is that why? Yeah, because he loves Sal- Salvador Dali. Dude, that's fucking crazy. That's really interesting because, like, Dolly's my favorite artist. And, like, man, I wonder what connects with him, like, with Salvador Dolly stuff. Because, like... It's one of his favorite artists. Surreal. Hmm. I don't know. And he what also wanted to... says here he wanted to diss himself from his reputation as Charles Bronson. So, um, Charles, Charles uh, Salvador... <laughs> Pretty fascinating. I wonder is he, he has still... a he has a fucking art foundation called the Charles Salvador Art Foundation. Are you to promote kidding his me? artwork and help those in positions even less fortunate than his own to participate in art? After beating up the wow. artist who uh, who helped about, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, so I want to I want to ask this because I I truly don't know. Mm-hmm. Is so is Rifen is he gay is he gay? No. He has a wife and kids. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean I'm not surprised by that, but the thing is I could also see him being gay. Yeah, he could be. 
But couldn't we all? Yeah. I've, I mean, yeah. 2017, asshole. Sure. I mean, that's true. I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, just, I don't know, man. I just get the, I get the vibe in some of his movies that he could be gay. I just wanted to ask that because I didn't know. Now I know. Well, it's like, it's like the whole idea of liking masculinity. Like, what's... Yeah, maybe that. You I can't, think that's you don't it. have to be gay to like masculinity. Yeah, it's just <laughs> kind of, so stylish. It's just such a stylish masculinity, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think like, well, you gotta. I'm not judging at all. I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm legitimately just intrigued by like his. So you heard to... it here, folks. You can't. You can't like masculinity unless you're gay. <laughs> Quote Brent Carroll. Wrap it up. 2017. Wrap it's it up. Wrap on me. <laughs> Lock like, me, lock me away. Lock in you a away. Problematic prison. Lock me up with Bronson, please, <laughs> and let him beat me up. His little pointy penis. <laughs> Can we just have a whole segment dedicated to the, let's, the let's leader talk, of? Let's, let's talk about Tom Softy for a little bit. <laughs> so, there, like oh, I, like no. we said at the top, uh, Tom's little member is the co-star of this movie. And man, I just want to say, so I respect the shit out of Tom Hardy. Like he is an amazing actor Mm -hmm. and like, man, dude, he fucking gives his all in everything. Like, like he's fucking naked for like at least a quarter of this movie. Just running around flopping about. Yeah. (laughs) And painting and, himself up real good, lather, yeah. getting lathered down with yeah, getting getting greased up and <laughs> gold goldened down or whatever that he does at the end. With you the mean music. Bla- what? Doesn't he? I thought he was like gold. No, that was that was a different. Part, what are you right? talking about? Wasn't he all gold? Oh, that Man. was the dream that I had last week. Never mind. What the fuck? <laughs> no, that's a bit. But um, I know. But I was just like, where did that bit come? from? I thought from? he was gold. I don't know. But um, no, it was black. He was. He's all lathered up and pa- he painted it black, like mm-hmm. the song. The painted black song by yeah. the painted blacks. Is that a joke? I mean, it was an attempt. <laughs> maybe, I guess. Wow. You can't even call sorry, fel- sorry, we just lost about ten subscribers. Ten to that. We're joke. back down to fifty now. I think. Or is it fifty? I feel like it'd be negative ten. Oh, lost. yeah, yep. you're right. <laughs> See what I did there? Pe- people destroy their phones instead of downloading the podcast. <laughs> That's negative one. You guys are at minus one now. Um, but back to Tom Hardy's penis, though. Um, oh, boy. I mean, he... What was the, what was the animal you used to describe it? Little anteater. Little anteater. And you know what I respect about, about Tom Hardy, too, is that he's, he's, just, he's an average guy. He's not like big, you know, big girthy Greg up there. It's, <laughs> it's like you you would you would just think his presence and yeah, right. You think that it would be a a big old swinging mm-hmm. gorilla dick, gorilla arm, yeah, little baby's arm. But uh, it's uh, you know it's a little yeah. underwhelming. It's, well, we haven't seen we've yeah. only seen it flaccid, so we can't. Um, yeah, well, we'll, we'll only ever so see open a flaccid. In, open invite to Tom Hardy to direct your showdown. Hey, to- Tom Softy, come on down. Show, yeah. show us Tom Hardy. Is <laughs> show, you need to prove to us like it's it's better hard than You're it gonna, is Softy. <laughs> you grower, you show her, Tom Softy. Come on down. 
It's the proven ground. We lost. Uh, show we lost another subscriber, oh, Tom Hardy. Tom he's, stopped he's, listening. Yep. No, but I mean, he's uh, he's just an average dude. <laughs> <laughs> Makes other average dudes feel good. Is all I'm saying. Is he got um, something to, something to say here? Or? Got something to tell us? No, no. Put on the record here on Director Showdown. I feel like I did that enough already. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I mean, yeah, I just want to talk about Director Dick Down. Director now. Dick Down. Mm. Um, Yo, who's got big pants? Spielberg or Kubrick? <laughs> that's, whip them out. That's what we boil everything yeah. down to. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Rafin or Linkler? Who's got big dick? What's bad is that we need to do a woman director so we can fuck that. Fuck that all joke up. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, big Throw it in the can. Throw it in the can after mm. that. Um, what's another? What's the next? I mean, what's the segment that we do usually? Oh, you know. Oh, oh I thought know. we, I always thought, I always feel like we have more than just we do. three. We do. Oh, we do. I always forget about the last Jesus one. Jesus Christ. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Um, yeah, so Linklater's version <laughs> of. Richard Linklater did. Bronson. Bronson. <laughs> Apparently, so, you had something. Yeah, I was. I was Kirkin. I was Kirkin. Captain Kirkin up something. <laughs> uh, no, I was cooking up something. Um, my version would have been. So this movie is primarily in prisons and a little bit in like loony bins, right? Yeah. A lot of characters there. You see where sure. I'm getting? See where I'm going with? So you have this crazy guy. The thing is, take out all or or most, if not all, of the violence and just have Bronson. See, the thing is, oh, without the violence, who is he? Yeah, who is Bronson? Jesus Christ, I don't know. I didn't think that far. But um, basically, it's this guy who keeps getting transported from prison to prison. Maybe, Maybe it's this. You don't really see the violence. Like, it happens behind the scenes. He gets dragged off. But it's him interacting with prisoners and with uh, people in the loony bin. And it's him, like, ha- like one-sided conversations of him listening to people's, like, stories. And it's very much like, hey, what, what, what would happen if we did Slacker but in prisons? I don't know, man. What do you got, asshole? <laughs> I'm trying to fucking. I'm grasping for fucking straws. I was here. waiting, like, like how far, how far of a hole is this guy gonna? Hey, I'm. This come guy on. Dig. I mean, uh, no, it was a good attempt. I'm just giving you a hard time. Know. It's called Director know. Showdown. Fucking, fucking calm down. Another approach. Check it out. All right, I was gonna say uh, something, but you know, well, fine. fucking keep thinking about it. Bronson <laughs> gets out of prison. His friend is a, a temp at a prestigious school. He's like, "Give me a temp job. I'll be a sub. I could be a great substitute oh, teacher." Oh no. He goes in there and then he hears he hears it something beautiful. What does he hear? Just just beautiful angelic music coming from down the hall. He walks down. He likes music. It's established in yeah, the movie for that sure. yeah. Bronson likes music. So he walks down the hall and he opens the door and he does his cool little eyebrow thing. Almost like Jack Blackwood in a Jack Black movie. And he walks in, and he says, oh, my God, we can start a band. And he does. All and right. Well, I'm just going to cut you off right there. <laughs> I'm going to say that that was, that was worse. That second attempt was worse Fair. than the first Fair. one. Yeah. <laughs> 
still would be a movie I would watch, though. I know it would. <laughs> but what I was actually thinking that it would be yeah. kind of more emphasis on his art career rather than Ooh, okay. anything else. Because I totally forgot that he was I always an artist. Do. Yeah, I always do. And I think that um, Link later would just focus on his approach to his um, paintings and and just how he develops that. Like, it'd probably be more of a documentary than anything. Just kind of, like, actually knowing, like, like realistically how this person, like, came up with his art, you know? Yeah. It'd that's a documentary well, sort of thing. That's interesting because... It's in the, the aspect of, like, waking life or something, you know? Yeah. Well, the thing is, in Linklater's done documentaries, too. And so I could even see... Yeah. I don't know if that's breaking our little segment here, but, like, him doing, a like, a Charles Bronson documentary... Like I don't now, think that like now it, it is. I think it's yeah. definitely in the same vein of like how Linklater would have approached yeah. this person, and it's it's more him modern day and like what he does and the art that he makes. That's really interesting. Yeah, as a serious response to this segment, I think that wins. It actually makes a lot That's of good. sense. Yeah, yeah. Or he could just do a, a stupid boyhood shit where you know starts off <laughs> like he started. He in filmed the 70s Charles and Bronson then, over like a twelve year period. Yeah, yeah. we got to see him and how he's doing. Yeah, how the institution. Is. I think we've hit just about all the archetypes that Linklater has for possible Bronson adaptations. Yeah, I'm surprised that we had that many. Yeah. <laughs> and I really feel like we're killing it, like in terms of like the I seasons. Just, remember how we, when we thought of this, um, this particular season, we're like, oh boy, how are we going to do this segment? Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, because I mean, you guys heard it. Like the the Spielberg Kubrick ones weren't weren't the best. They, they, Some they were certainly fine. were not. Some the best, were fine, yeah. uh, but it's just, it's just always fun to think about the approach that another director would take. And I feel like we're I feel like we're maybe we're just getting better at it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Don't want to speak too soon there. Yeah, though. we're gonna fucking. I think we said I that on know. the drive episode too. But yeah, we'll probably fuck it up next time. I don't know. This time we gave you like four solid movies that well I'd watch. Well, Maybe not solid per se. Yeah. <laughs> School of Rock Bronson. School of Rock School Bronson title School right there. School of Bronson. School of Bronson. Bronson Rock. School no, I was thinking he'd be more of like this like wrestling coach or something. But, you know. Oh, fuck. That's good. Damn it. Because <laughs> it makes well, more fuck. sense. Now let's pitch that movie real quick now. So, okay. He gets out of prison. He has like a parole... Officer, that's what they call. Yeah, them, right? they would totally let him near children. You know, <laughs> that's the funniest part about this. Well, whole fuck pitch. it. Who gives a shit about that yeah. loophole? <laughs> uh, <laughs> School of Rock doesn't make the most sense ever. That's um, absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah, and like he, I don't know. He'd see some kids like wrestling on the street or something, and then he'd like teach them how to like wrestle better or like teach a, a kid who's getting bullied to like beat up the bullies or something. Yeah. And then he'd be, then he'd somehow get roped into being like a wrestling coach for the kids. But like he teaches them how to be like a little too brutal. Yeah. I don't know. That's you haven't heard of Charlie Bronson. Oh, fuck it. Cause like the kids Bronson. don't even know who Bronson is. Yeah. Like, who is that? He's in death wish. <laughs> and he like pops it on. Like this doesn't have to do with wrestling coach. <laughs> Is fucking great, and that's 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 it. Yeah, that's the movie. That's it. They 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 win the, state. the tournament state. Mm -hmm. 
And then he beats up Bronson. The, yeah, beats the be shit a, out of the other coach. That would be great. And that goes little, back to prison. Bit, yeah, a comedic little bit there. <laughs> it's a comedy. Yeah. It's like a family comedy. With for Bronson. some reason, I keep thinking that it's in the it's Wes Anderson. Like I keep seeing like shots like a Wes Anderson. Oh, film, that's funny. As opposed yeah. to like a Linklater film. <laughs> Because, like, I think yeah. for some reason I could totally see, like, Wes Anderson doing, like, yeah. a, a Bronson wrestling coach film. Yeah. Like, well, I like sense. the idea, it too. It makes sense in my head for some of reason. Of, like, like, maybe Bronson's team losing, like, his, his kids losing, and he, mm. like, he crawls up into the into the fucking pen or whatever they call it, and he's the fucking ring. bare-ass naked. <laughs> Ant- anteater hanging down, fucking greased up, head to toe. Yeah. And he says, get your fucking ass over here. And then he points at the other coach. And like yeah. the other coach is just like standing there, like shaking in his boots. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, so good. that's a little bit better. So five movies. We made five movies now. I know. We just keep, let's, just, let's just make a new podcast about how yeah. um, fucking... Other directors... Dude, that's actually not a bad idea. It's just even more niche than this podcast idea no, yes actually you heard don't take our idea folks yeah that's our idea we're it's gonna good. we're gonna do it it's a spin-off of director showdown dennis will be on it hey, you like that idea i'm still here you, you just told me quiet dennis you want to be on a podcast yeah All right. as long as i get to see you naked as well as I long mean, as, you as, stop long as we get to watch movies i'm sorry okay great dennis well as long as you stop eating our plants out of our garden all right, Dennis, shut the fuck up. Hold on. Let's uh, let's move on to let's move on to uh, historical context. Oh, see, I always forget about this one. And so you that say, being said, I always forget. You to mean think about you things. historically forget about this one? Historically, yes. Based on all the other podcasts we had. Yeah. Anyways, that was that was a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This was made in 2008. A little bit... It still is a bit recent to have any sort of, like, obvious allusions, I guess, like, to what... Amy's here. She just showed up. Say say hi, Amy. BTW, hi. What did you think of the movie Bronson? I like that Tom Hardy's dick was always out. See? See? It keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. We had a whole segment called Tom Softy. Yeah, and I told when I was at Emily's, I told her that y'all were gonna watch a movie where Tom Hardy's dick was always out, and her reaction was, "Why aren't we watching that?" <laughs> well, it's not; it's just not the prettiest dick no. in in existence. It's yeah. still attached to Tom Hardy. It's true. Well, dicks aren't really pretty boring. things in general, I yeah. guess. So, well, I guess. and then, and then yeah. like the Show whole anteater, and I'll call you a liar. <laughs> the whole <laughs> anteater aspect is a little. I'm gonna go Google pretty dicks, pretty dicks, and see what see what you well, get. Well, then you're gonna get. I'll tell you what you'll get. You'll get like some big hard penises with little like pretty hats on. That's and adorable. Scarves around like the little head portions. That's cute. That's pretty dicks. Pretty, pretty dicks. dicks. That's a Tumblr, I'm sure. That's our next that spinoff podcast. Pretty dicks. Pretty dicks. Where we right review now. dicks. Review <laughs> <laughs> dicks. Oh Jesus! We them dick boys and review dicks. Anyways, this historical train context. This has careened off the rails tonight. <laughs> historical context. Made in 2008. Yeah. Uh, what happened in 2008 for you? Oh, for, oh, for you. you. You know what? That's, that's 
going to be interesting for this season because I feel like historical context. It's harder for this. Well, one. it's shifted to more yeah. of a personal thing, which I think is cool. Well, because like you can't really do recent stuff. It's just hard to get a grasp of like it how is. Something... We're too we're too close to it to really have right. the perspective. Get the zeitgeist of the time, you know. Um, I mean, two thousand eight. I was uh, junior in high school. <sighs> Jesus. Um, I, I don't know, man. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was, we were going to John's land party. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I wasn't into, I'll say this. I wasn't into movies like this in 2008 sure. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was coming around to it. Like high school was a really big like transition period for me in terms of like the types of movies. I can say that this would be a definite like high schooler movie though. In the yeah. sense of like, cause I was in high school then too, but you know how everyone was, we talked about before, but how like back then, like, oh, you got to see fucking Clockwork Orange. Yeah. You know, see that fucking violent ass shit. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bronson would have been just as popular. But maybe um, since, see, it's even harder to do with this one because it also takes place in 19, what, 1974, right? And then from there on, yeah. So I can also just reference again the whole idea of, how in the 70s it's kind of like this mental um mental illness reform stuff again and how oh, that's this, interesting yeah because yeah. it was like yeah well i totally just cut you off to say nothing so keep going so i'm sorry <laughs> anyways um <laughs> uh, yeah like how this guy who is obviously completely deranged and you can communicate with him, sure, and he's he's a functional human being, but he's just always looking to fight, always looking to fight, mm-hmm. and he actually thrived in the prison system because he saw it at, like, in the, in the film, he kept calling it his hotel room. Like, normally anyone would say, wow, prison, why would I ever want to be in prison? Mm-hmm. But to him, it's like, I could work out, I can fight people it's, it's his home it's yeah. like where he feel like where he feels like he belongs most and then since it was costing the british government too much money i guess to to deal with his ass yeah i guess they they moved him over to the uh, mental facility and the only way to really uh resolve i guess this guy was to just pump him up with drugs yeah. And give it to, and so he can finally be um, docile. Yeah, I mean, I guess docile is kind of a <laughs> a euphemism for what he was because he was mainly just uh, pretty much incoherent. And yeah. Tom Hardy's performance as a as a drug dub <clears throat> Bronson was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> he he commits like a hundred percent. Like that's what I was talking about earlier. Like in every movie you see him in, like he's. It's fucking giving it his all, you know? So I guess it's just kind of like what was going through the times of the 70s was like, how do you rehabilitate someone? Like, what is the best way to correct somebody? Is it through putting someone in prison? Well, this person thrives in prison. He's, this is where he he is like, he was born to be in prison and beat people up and work out in a little isolated room. 
or do you put him in a mental facility where he he's just drugged up and he's just not doing anything? Like, mm-hmm. where does this person fit in society? Yeah, that's almost you know? that's almost an exact question that I put down in my notes. Is like, what do you even do with someone like Charles Bronson? Right, Charlie Bronson. Like, like he doesn't belong anywhere. He's like our system isn't structured in a way that like we can like get rid of somebody who doesn't kill people. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's he, like, he hasn't killed it. So he's not quite bad enough. To, yeah. Cause like, I know that everyone in the back of their heads were like, like, we need to fucking kill, kill this, this guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Let's get rid of this for sure. Yeah. And it, it is interesting. Like talking about like, um, context of the time and, um, like the just the fact that like at the end his rehabilitation like his art and like creativity that's what's so interesting yeah like it. i thought yeah. that was a really interesting turn and i always forget about it too at the end just because mm-hmm. the rest of the movie's so fucking crazy but that it turns out that like the thing that kind of calms him down and like gives him a little bit of peace i guess mm-hmm. is like creating stuff mm-hmm. so but but uh I guess he can't really change the nature of the man, even though mm-hmm. because he took yeah. he took the artist that was uh, that helped him with his creative side and hung him up and drew a bunch of shit on his face, like a piece of like he drew himself on that guy's face, the mm-hmm. artist's face, you know. So yeah, well, super super cool. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's about all I can get from historical context really so yeah me too and especially for 2008 i mean Mm -hmm. i don't have much to add as far as that's concerned um yeah i don't know want to wrap up your thoughts on the old bronson yeah um so i i love this film it's it's probably my second favorite rifen film um of course, I'll put Drive. I'll just say that now. Um, put Drive as number one. Drive just because it's just so goddamn sexy. Like, I love love <laughs> Drive. Yeah. Um, but this one is mainly because Tom Hardy just, like, kills it. Tom Hardy yeah. is fucking brilliant in Bronson. Like, you could... You couldn't tell that the, the same motherfucking actor was this suave, cool guy in Inception. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 so he disappeared. Yeah, yeah. He he. It's like seeing how I forgot that guy, the actor's name, uh, the guy who did Patton and Patton, General Patton, like whoever George that, C. Scott was that him? Yeah. Like George C. Scott, like is Patton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Hardy is. Yeah, Bronson. Mm-hmm. That's how great of a portrayal um, Hardy did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what did he get nominated. I doubt it. Though. I don't think. I don't think anybody got shit for this movie. Actually, that goes to show how Oscars Oscars really suck. Yeah, you hear that Oscars? No open invite to you. Closed. Yeah, closed, closed invite to you, Mister Oscar. So we have a secret invite to them. Like closed invite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but Oscar, if you want to come on down, hey, please feel free. This, they have a fella named Oscar? Yeah, he's Oscar. He makes the choices for the best <laughs> movies. 
Like everybody, but we know everybody yeah. votes. Blah blah blah. There's all this bullshit. Whatever. whatever but then they yeah. go to Mr. Oscar himself, and mm. he sits there with his crayons and he picks his with, crayons. He circles. He circles. Uh, Brad Pitt in Brad Pitt movie, and then like that's how I we like get the, the name Brad Pitt, so I'm gonna press it. Yeah, that's that's like his that's his determining factor. He just likes how it looks. <laughs> but yeah, no this this film is great. Um, like I said before, the cinematography is a lot is uh, really awesome. It's definitely a proto proto uh, Rifen in a stylistic sense, but that's not a bad thing at all. Um, the score was great. The classical score really harkened back to Kubrick's, uh, yeah. um, Kubrick style. Like Kubrick just loves classical music. And this is actually, it's funny how like this film was weaved in with some, uh, te- <laughs> yeah. techno electronica music. So Rifen's like, I gotta, I gotta stick that in, you know, mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. So, but yeah, this is a great film. If you, I don't, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you hadn't seen it, but because we're so lovable. Great. Yeah, we just like like they just people just put our voices in the background as they're you know working and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I'm Welcome to Director Showdown with your host Brent here and my buddy Adam. And we're talking about movies. You don't have to. Listen to anything we're saying. That's, that's the uh, that's the cut. <laughs> that's the cut that we're gonna put out for NPR in like a couple of yeah. years. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> fuck. I mean, I'm gonna echo a lot of the same shit you said here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie too. I mean, and, fuck. Until we watched Drive a couple of weeks ago, like this this was number one for me. Even after I'd first seen Drive, like I I love this movie. I th- I think like we talked about like in the similarities between. Clockwork Orange and how it feels like that very stylized Kubrick, but also with um, kind of the budding uh, personality of Rifen as like mm. a filmmaker with um, kind of the more shocking violence and, and kind of sexual stuff. And also with kind of like that 80s synth that he just loves just popping into all of his movies. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean that with, with like one of the best performances of like just any actor in like the 21st century so far, like it's like Tom Hardy in this movie is incredible. And like, is even if, if, even if you're not into, um, I don't know, like hyper stylized movies like this and you don't really care for, I don't know, movies of this kind of, uh, kind of style. I think it's worth a watch even just for that. Like that's mm. how good it is. Is like you feel like you're watching something special happen like when you watch him in this movie. Um so yeah, I love Bronson. It's it's great and I think it was a really good pick for the Wait, Why why do you like why do you like Rafa movies? Dennis, you know, why sometimes like Dennis, sometimes you got to make concessions, all right? You got to look at the facts and I'm you got to just admit truths i'm sorry dennis i'm sorry dennis go outside and eat the plants okay i don't want to hear your voice can we watch leak no okay no i'll just go eat those plants dude okay i'll see you later bye bye I'm sorry, man. Why I'm do sorry you keep keeps, letting that I'm, guy? Well, in. I'm sorry. He keeps taking your mic. He just keeps shoving yeah. your head out of the way. God, I'm sorry, but um, you need to get that that Denny fella under control. Yeah, you know? 
why did he start just deciding to come on the podcast is what I want to know. Just thirdly, you know, just in the middle of the second season, just decided to pop in. <laughs> we were fine the whole first season. I mean, he they, was hiding well, in the background. That, well, he probably listened to the first season and just got really hyped up. He then, did. I mean, he, yeah. he loves Spielberg, you know? Yeah. You know, I love Spielberg too, but you can't just, you can't just show up to people's homes and tell Eat people that plants and stuff. Start talking about how much you love Spielberg movies. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, There's a joke there, so a pun there somewhere, yeah, I but know. I just very, can't think of that right very now. Very deep underground. Um, <laughs> shit, guys. Well, I think that's going to about wrap it up for this episode. Yeah, I mean, for, you got for Bronson. Any plugs or anything? Well, um, check out our, our boys at uh, Revenge of the Sequel. And so with John and uh, Delphin. You were recently on. Yeah. And you had some interesting conversations, didn't you? Yeah. Talked about the director's showdown a little bit? Yeah. Do you want me to expand no. on that? No, or? no, no. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like alluding to yeah, like yeah, the yeah. fact that I'm mad. I don't give a shit. But no, it was it was like a very good discussion, and I really actually liked the talk about like new directors and stuff, and I wish yeah, I was we, there. Cause yeah, really we didn't really... Brent's alluding to a previous episode where he was he was actually on the Golden Army Hellboy one. Yeah, Hellboy two. And they had a little bit of a, a fucking Spielberg fest, you know, really not jerking even, each other off even. there. There was a couple of throwaway lines where I was like, "Well, we both agreed that Spielberg was the best, but it was obviously a bit, and you just took it a little too seriously." Hey, hey. <laughs> If I'm not there to, you know, not That's, take it seriously, it's no. Fair. And I felt that, and you, you, I, you definitely got back at me on yep. the last one. So because you were like, Fred, the... if you're if you're listening to this, like you called me out by name like three yep. times, and I was like, you fucking dick. But it's fine. I it's took fair. notes on every single um, jab you took at me, so I was like, you know what? Here's my rebuttal, asshole. You fucking sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but. Um, <laughs> No, we we actually had a good discussion on um, directors and how you had to get through the Escape from L.A. talk about an hour in. But, well, it was really interesting. I still yeah. haven't seen it, but like the whole talk about that was really entertaining. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, I think they just did a Transformers 5 episode. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to listen to it, but I, I'm sure as hell not going to watch Tram- Transformers 5. <laughs> yep. What was it, here, what's the what's the subtitle of that? Age of Ultron. Morphin. <laughs> Morphin bots. I think it's Age of Morphin bots is what it is. Age of Bo- just really calling it in huh, Bay. Yep. Age of cars He's turning into fun. robots. Yeah. <laughs> robot robot. What's cars. this what's this one called, Mike? It's out of car bots. I don't fucking give a shit. Where's my paycheck? Where's my cocaine bag? <laughs> With dollar signs on it. He requires a cocaine bag in his contracts. God. Jesus. Um, Yeah, I mean, beyond Revenge of the Sequel, it's a great cast. Check that Mm. one out. Uh, We got Fam Films. Yeah. I don't know. I'm always confused about like when people are even going to listen to this, but we probably, by the time you listen to this, have that new Spider-Man Homecoming episode out. Uh, Apparently that movie's doing real good. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. We got the new Spider-Man picture. Um Yes, yeah, Spoiler Man Homo Coming. Homo Coming. Spoiler Man Homo Coming. Really 
bringing fruit here. They were real classy Jesus here at Director Christ. Showdown. Oh, this about that's about uh four beers in Adam. Yeah, talking we got there. we got some high brown, we got some low brown, we got all we got all audiences. Oh here. man, good thing we're having this at the the hour mark on this podcast. No one's gonna venture this deep in. Cool. Really, an hour? Really? Yeah, we're at it. We don't need to talk about that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else uh should plug in here? No, just be sure to check out um. Sticker Fridge YouTube, see what we got got there going on. But yeah, follow the the Twitters and Instagrams, Brent Kong on everything, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, follow relativistic. <laughs> I gave it do my own shit, my own plug. <laughs> relativistic dot uncertainty on Instagram, and I have a little blog spot, so you can check out little articles there if you want. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, next week we'll be right back at. Uh, Link later. Link later, and yeah. that has yet to be determined, so stay tuned. Might have a guest. We'll see. Yeah, stay tuned, guys. Take it easy. Bye.